Welcome. This is Ron Cohen with another episode of Tax Updates. Today is April 20th. It's about 11, uh, 1, 1.30 in the afternoon. I'll mention why that's important in a minute. And we're going to go through, I'm with the firm of Greenstein, Rogoff, Olson & Company. Our phone number is 510-797-8661. We're here in beautiful downtown Fremont, California. We do tax returns and tax planning and strategy for lots of folks. Feel free to call anytime. Uh, this episode, we're going to go through a little bit on economic impact payments that are flowing right now to people throughout the country. I want to talk a little bit about the complexity in the tax law and give an example, give you a little bit of an update on uh, PPP loans, payroll protection program loans, and a few other things. Okay, well, I want to start off with a little quote from Will Rogers. He said, the difference between death and taxes is death doesn't get worse every time Congress meets. Certainly think that's the case. It seems the tax law just gets more and more complicated. I want to give you a few uh, caveats here before we go into a few other items. Uh, take no reliance on what you hear in this podcast. Feel free to call us to confirm it, but work with uh, uh, the qualified tax advisor. Make sure you give them all the facts and documents and explain the whole situation. Let them do a complete set of research, come to a conclusion before you use any tax advice in a transaction or put a number on a tax return and file it. Okay, plagiarism on this podcast is okay. And doing tax work, we're not writing any novels or producing any works of art. We take data from the government, of course, and from other tax advisors. I will try to give credit when I can, but uh, don't assume anything you hear on this podcast is an original thought. Third, no politics. We try to avoid that. You can listen to the podcast all day and night about politics, although I will explain in some depth uh, why politics sometimes drive tax policy. Okay, and I am no cheerleader. For the tax law. Of course, we do things as best we can. You always got to try to get an A plus on a tax return or tax planning, not an A minus, not a B, not a C, an A plus. Follow all the rules. But our tax system is tedious, intrusive, overbearing, often boring, and it doesn't even satisfy its original goal, which is to raise enough money to run the government. We're at www.groco.com. All right. So uh, first of all, I want to, as a matter of history, well, let, let me go to what's happening today. It's about 1.30 on Monday afternoon. And we've been waiting uh, with bated breath and bated everything else for the Congress to pass an extension of the uh, an additional amount of appropriation for the payroll protection program loans. Uh, they went through 150 or $60 billion very quickly. They, that money was all allocated by last Thursday, I hear. And uh, even before that, um, as we mentioned in last week's episode, both the Democrats and Republicans had agreed that more money was required, but they weren't in Washington. They're supposed to come back. Uh, first, they were saying on May 4th, to consider an extension that everyone agrees to. Again, trying not to get too political here. 
Uh, but rather than sitting in their chairs in the Senate and the House, they're just out of town. Now, supposedly that's that's not can entirely fair to say, because I understand, which is com- commonly the place, the case that uh, Secretary of Treasury Stephen Mnuchin and uh, Nancy Pelosi, Speaker of the House, and their minions are meeting and talking endlessly day and night, actually day and night. Uh, they say these sessions often end at three in the morning. So someone can get a little bit of sleep and go back at it at nine o'clock the next morning. And they're meeting, trying to hash out this bill. Uh, as we mentioned last week that uh, Mitch McConnell, president of this, our uh, majority leader in the Senate had said, let's just do a clean bill. One line in the bill, the additional funds for the PPP are now added another $250 billion period, clean bill, nothing else to it. And uh, the other side uh, did not agree to that. And so now they're trying to hash out what uh, additional uh, things they put. Some will say that each of those additional uh, uh, added provisions in what they had come up with are absolutely necessary. Others will scry, uh, cry and scream that they're not necessary at all. Uh, I'm not taking a position here, but I know for a fact, as I mentioned last week, uh, I had a client call me uh, last week and say, well, I, I'm waiting for this additional PPP money. I have one application in with one bank. And they say, well, they, they've used up all their allocation. They're waiting for some mo- more money. So she ran off and uh, put in an extra application. It's not easy to put in one of these applications. That's a day or two of time supporting documents back and forth with the banker. I've got a backstop, right? So now people in desperation are making multiple applications, trying to get the money. He said, out of time, I had to lay off 60 people. Maybe when I get this loan, I'll bring them right back. But uh, so, so real life, blood in the streets, kind of without getting graphic, kind of decisions are being made about employees and cash flows day by day. And uh, between the House and Senate, they, in my view, both parties, both parties uh, exhibited dereliction of duty, not sitting at their desks, waiting for either a clean bill or a not so clean bill to come along, get it done, get it signed. The president said, I'll sign it as soon as it gets to me. Uh, and they're, But they're hashing out whatever they're hashing out. Real people are suffering and, uh, and, and losing their jobs, being thrown into the unemployment compensation system. That does the states no good. That costs the, 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 a lot of states. New York is saying they're basically bankrupt unless the federal government uh, bails them out. Uh, uh, Governor Cuomo said that this morning. So very, very bad that they have not, as of 1.30 on Monday afternoon, come up with this bill. It looked like there was a glimmer of hope yesterday that uh, the parties had an agreement, but uh, they were supposed to act on it today. And if it's 1 o'clock here, it's, uh, you know, what is it, 4 o'clock in New York and Washington and I checked uh, the Drudge Report before I ran in here, and it hasn't happened. So um, they'll probably be up again till three in the morning doing whatever they do. But it, it's really, really bad. Uh, again, not taking sides. Uh, they agree to provide more money. Uh, real owners are running around town making multiple um, uh, applications because they can't find money. And these people who are on the government payroll are, are senators or congressmen. Um, can't find a way to sit down and agree on something. They can't agree to agree to agree. They agree, and they can't get it on paper and get it done. Where, in my view, if it's not one sentence, it's one paragraph. Everybody raise their hand and say, I, 
and it could be done, but uh, that's not the way it's going. And I leave it to you to decide um, if that's ethical or right. All right. So um, now uh, um, further to the PPP loans while I'm talking about it, um, there are uh, two things that we've come up against time and time again last week is people are going to their bank, banks that they've been with for a long time and say, okay, I'll rush over. I'll bring my tax returns. I'll bring whatever financial, financial data. I'll come over with my laptop and my QuickBooks. I'll print out anything you need. Just tell me. I've got PDFs of everything. I can virtually, which you can do nowadays. I have a number of clients run their whole business on their laptop. You need some, some minor little document way, way deep in their financial system. Boom. Hey, I'll send you a PDF in two seconds. They can do it. It's really cool uh, with the uh, with uh, even QuickBooks and then uh, NetSuite and uh, certainly Oracle and some of these other systems, uh, you can have uh, all access anywhere. So you go sit down with your banker and say, what do you need? I'll fill out the application right now. I'm the authorized officer. It's me. Let's do it, right? Uh, Congress promised me we could do it. Let's do it. And they're saying, uh, uh, nope, sorry. We uh, only had so much money and either some people beat you to the punch or um, they're more of a preferred customer because, you know, I, I certainly understand you have your multi-billion dollar customer and then you have your, your restaurant down the street. You're certainly going to make sure the multi-billion dollar customer gets, uh, not to discriminate, but gets, gets uh, satisfied because they're a multi-billion dollar customer. Now, what I also heard on Sunday morning, uh, half awake, uh, my wife likes to turn on Face the Nation and uh, the uh, chairman of the U.S. Chamber of Commerce got on there and mentioned all the other things I was aware of. And then she said another problem that's coming up is um, if you don't have a bank or you, the bank you're with can't get you to you and you go down the street to another bank, the, the processing is slowed down because, and I've heard about this many times in many ways over the years, under the U.S. Patriot Act, when you become a bank customer, you walk in, you know, you sign the signature card and a few things and you yes this and you know that and you sign your name. Well, all that goes to the back room at the bank and uh, they check you out. Ever since 9-11, they do these Patriot Act bank, uh, ba uh, ba uh, background searches because the bank has to make sure you're not a money launderer or a terrorist or anything else bad. And, you know, they pull credit reports and do this. Now, for their ongoing customers, this is always being done all the time. So it's not a new process for you. But you walk in cold to a bank for the first time, and um, the guys in the back room have to get out their checklist, which is not small, and has to start doing all the background checks before they accept you as a customer. And uh, you're under enough stress and... Uh, and, uh, you know, there's 50 people in line trying to get to this PPP loan. So the Patriot Act compliance, which has been around for, again, since uh, well, a few years after 2011 when all that got passed, is now becoming a real practical problem in obtaining your PPP loans because it's just another, another gate to go through, another gauntlet, another uh, set of, you know, they have to do some searches. And, of course, the banks are being overwhelmed with applicants and people in desperate need of this money that was promised to them, uh, but they can only push so many people through their system, their their system at once. Uh, uh, Steve Mnuchin was saying, you know, last week they did more loans through the S Small Business Administration, SBA, in 14 days than they'd previously done in the last 14 years. 
So, hey, there's going to be hiccups. There's going to be, oh, we didn't think about that. Oh, you know, well, well, this line says that, but it really means this. And do you divide this by two and multiply it by seven? Or who knows? I mean, there's going to be problems. And uh, people are unfortunately running into it when they are really, really in dire straits. And I just hope, one, the money gets uh, uh, approved by Congress so these things can get funded. And then the processes will improve over time and things will uh, get better that way. While I'm on this point, let me go to economic impact payments. So um, 80 million payments, according to President Trump, went out last week, 80 million. I have some relatives and friends that said, boom, you know, uh, uh, married filing joint, uh, their income wasn't too high, uh, two or three kids, you get an extra $500 per kid and boom, there it was in their bank account. So uh, 80 million. Now there was, there's a, there's some problems. Some dead people are getting them because they just recently died. And, you know, they're going to, to the people that maybe not should, should not have gotten them. There'll be a scrubbing and clean up, but you got to give some credit to say, well, look, that that's, that is accomplishment of tactics and of uh, procedure to get anything to 80 million uh, 80 million of anything out to anybody, and and they have. Uh, is it perfect? No, no. But uh, um, that is helping some people. I wish they would, I know I'm repeating, but I wish they would refund the uh, PPP loans so that people can, in large case, uh, keep their jobs, which is more important uh, than getting this uh, one-time payment under the economic uh, impact payments. There were Rules that put out, uh, there, there are some proposals in Congress to kind of make this a regular thing. And that is so politically loaded, I won't even go into it here. I'll let that develop. But uh, if this terrible virus and shutdowns continue much longer, uh, they're thinking of making this more than a first time, a one-time thing, but don't, um, don't plan on that at all. That's not even close to being a bill at this point. That was just a proposal by several congressmen, including my congressman <laughs> here in the California 17th District, Ro Khanna. He won't mind me saying that. I know him somewhat personally, uh, uh, and uh, he won't m- mind me saying it because he's been all over the news saying we need, we need to pay people every month, every week, pay them until this uh, stops. Uh, certainly, I can say there there's a good argument for that. We have to find a way through this virus shutdown. But again, stopping because this is not a political podcast. <laughs> okay, so um, uh, the economic impact, impact payments. Uh, there's a Get My Payment website at irs.gov. Just put in economic impact. Just put in Get My Payment. I'm sure it will. It's on the top of the Google list now that will come up uh, on your web browser. Uh, um, and you can go in there and check the status. And if your income wasn't too high, uh, we have all the links in the in, in our website here, Groco, and I've put it out before about what the limitations are. It's about ninety nine thousand of adjusted gross income if you're single, and I think it's around two fifty if you're joint. It goes up some if you have kids, but if you uh, want to know if you should uh, have an economic impact payment. If uh, most of our clients make too much money one way or the other, so uh, they're, they're going to get nothing. I'm going to get nothing. Again, not complaining. But, <laughs> uh, and, but if you think you should get something, and because 80 million payments went out, uh, maybe this is a good righteous time to go to get my, or where, get my payment to see what the status is because uh, that's a lot of people, 80 million. Uh, there's about 140 million tax returns filed in the country. A lot of them are, are very small. Um, 
And uh, this may be a good time. I mean, it's not. Now, one of the problems was when that system went up, uh, I think it was Thursday or Friday last week, it's very new, the Get My Payment page. It was instantly overwhelmed. I tried it myself, put it in, and said, Oh, I'm sorry, we're busy. Uh, and uh, there were reports on Twitter and the news that, uh, Hey, great system. I wish I could get in. Well, again, you're talking about tens and tens of millions of people. Uh, entering it uh, again and again and again, trying to get through until this calms down a little bit. Uh, I hear it does work once it once once it calms down. If you get through, it does work. And then uh, what I really want to say is, if you think you should be getting one, right? You're you're in the zone where your income isn't too high. You have a few kids, maybe you don't have a few kids, but your income's in the right level. And you get in there, and it says, "We don't know you. We don't understand why." You know, uh, there there's there's no status. That is a problem. That is a problem. And you might want to uh, do what it says to do next because, again, 80 million payments went out, and if you weren't one of them and you should have been, now it's time to start raising the alarm. However, let me move on to the next issue, and that issue is, please note, the Internal Revenue Service and the California Franchise Tax Board are closed. They're basically closed. Their computers are running, right? If you file a return, they'll process it. They're trying to get refunds out to people. They want you to e-file and so forth. Uh, But you can't call them. There's nobody there. They have shut down their phone lines. I mean, you can do some automated things, but you are not going to get a human being on the phone. So uh, that I have never seen in my 38 years where they're just done. You can't file a power of attorney. So if a client uh, got a letter, they're in trouble and they want to hire you and say, okay, Ron CPA or tax lawyer or whoever you are, uh, you know, please help me. You file a power of attorney. So you have the right to talk to your client on behalf of, of that client to the IRS and you can't file them. They, they turned off that fax machine that we usually send them in. So now we'll send them in certified mail. Well, they also announced net last week that they, they pretty much aren't, aren't reading the mail. You know, they're, they're not answering the phone. They're not reading the mail. Uh, and, and in fact, there are a lot of, you know, there's lots of IRS places. There's the big buildings, big shiny buildings in the big cities, uh, usually in the federal, uh, federal center, uh, beautiful buildings built over the last 30, 40 years. And you go in there and it's all high security, just worse than the airports because people don't like the IRS. <laughs> and so they have high, high, high security and the Franchise Tax Board. I've gone in there to fight audit battles. I basically had to take almost all my clothes off to get, to get into the office. Uh, and, uh, uh, but, but I understand why they're doing that, because people come in there often very, very angry. Okay? So, um, but all those people aren't there. I mean, there's some people running the computers, running some basic functions. Obviously, the government needs money. Uh, more so than ever right now. So if you send money in, they'll, they'll process it. It'll certainly hit your bank account right away if you pay them. But if you have a problem, just like you, you go to um, get my payment, and I haven't worked through the whole system myself, so I'm ad-libbing a li- little bit here, more than usual. You go And it says, hey, there's, uh, your status is we don't know. There's no payment coming. Uh, we don't know who you are. We don't know why we don't know who you are, but uh, there's a problem. And you obviously pick up the phone, uh, nobody's going to answer the call right now. So hopefully that will end soon. And uh, there may be some other things you can do on that Get My Payment system 
But again, I, I'm belaboring this issue a little bit too much because I'm, I'm, I'm uh, very fortunate to say most of our clients are way above the, um, the income limit and aren't getting a payment anyway. But I did want to mention that um, um, if you, uh, again, going down to very granular level, for some people, um, uh, if you wanted to get your direct uh, you, you hadn't put in your direct uh, debit information, your bank account pay number and your routing number on your tax returns in prior years. For those who did, boom, the money went right to your bank account uh, for those 80 million payments that were made, which were the large portion of those. I don't think they, they're they working on it. They're signing the checks. There was a political upheaval because somehow Donald Trump decided, the president decided that his signature should be on those checks. So um, you know, not taking sides, but that probably took six seconds to uh, reprogram the computer. And then the printing press for the checks just kept going. But, but however you feel about that, okay, that's fine. Uh, but away it goes. So the direct debit, uh, the not debit, the direct credit, the direct payments to you, um, were, uh, in large part done with that 80 million. The physical check mailings are taking, you know, they take a little longer, uh, but they are starting to go out and you could put in, you could go to, to get my payment and put in your bank account number and your routing number. If you knew that the IRS didn't previously have it on a previously electronically filed return. Uh, now, uh, again, I'm troubled by this because it takes the IRS 30, 60 days to update any of their records. So if they're getting these checks out fast, it's probably too late, but that's just one man's opinion. Uh, you can certainly, and, and I don't like giving out my, routing number and my account number to anyone, uh, even the government. Yeah. But so you might want to try it. If you haven't gotten paid already, it might help. It probably won't. And I'll, uh, I'll leave it at that. Okay, moving on. Here's an example of uh, complexity in the tax law, changing, changing drifts a little bit here. I, I just wanted to review uh, why I'm no fan of the tax law. Let's take a deep breath away from the current crisis. Let's look at Interest, deductions for interest. It's on your Schedule A, itemized deduction. And when I first started, when I was a mere pup and doing some tax turns as an intern in 1978 while I was going to the University of Illinois uh, trying to get my accounting degree because my dad was a CPA and my dad was a great guy and seemed to be able to feed his family and do well and people liked him, so I was going to be a CPA. And uh, you, I remember doing some of these returns as an intern and you wanted to deduct interest. Well, what interest could you deduct? This is back in the early, late 70s, early 80s. You could deduct all your interest, all your credit card interest, your mortgage interest without limitation, any business-related interest, any loans. You, you, could, you could decide you're going to give your brother a loan and, and, or, your, uh, or borrow money from your brother, and, and you'd pay him interest. All your interest. The documentation was... There is an existing debt. Okay. So that's the way it was for a long, long, long time. I mean, that's when I ran into it first in the late 70s. But that had been in the tax law way back. I mean, you look at some of these returns from the 1940s. Interest is deductible. Okay. Because you figure, well, you had to borrow money. Let's let, let the government help you out a little bit. So then I recall when I first started working, they put in a restriction. No more credit card interest. Darn people out there running up those credit cards. You want to, we're not going to help you with that. 
we're going to say no more interest on your credit cards. Well, that really didn't stop people from borrowing on their credit cards, but you couldn't do that. Okay. All right. So now it's everything else, but not my credit card interest. And then a few more years went by. Oh, oh, oh. Well, now we're only going to let you use mortgage interest if the money that you borrowed on the mortgage was used directly to acquire or improve the house. Okay. All right. Well, most people, I buy a house, I get a loan, and uh, that's pretty good. And there's a complex tracing rule of how long did I have the money? Did I put the money in the bank? And then you can't go to Las Vegas, right, and spend the money and then deduct the interest unless you're a professional uh, gambler, which is a whole other thing I don't want to get into. Um, So we went from all interest to no credit card interest to now your mortgage interest is limited. Oh, those darn HELOCs, home equity loans. Okay, now now we're only going to let you deduct up to $100,000 of money that you borrow on a HELOC unless you put that money directly into buying or improving the house. Otherwise, that HELOC interest is not deductible. Okay, again, you can't go to Las Vegas. You can't use it for some other non-business reasons. If it's a business reason, maybe you can deduct it on your rental expense for your rental properties or on a Schedule C for your business. Who knows? I don't want to get into all that. But you see the complexity mounting. Okay, well, then in 2017, hey, 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 that's not even good enough. See, see, we're going to let you deduct your mortgage interest up to $1.1 million of debt. This was before 2017. Uh, this had come up, I guess, I think this started with uh, Bill Clinton, and uh, then, uh, but it was up to $1.1 million of acquisition indebtedness and HELOC debt if the money went into the house or was you know used to buy it or improve it. If you're over $1.1 million, now you got to go out and get your calculator, got to get your Excel spreadsheet out, right? You got to allocate, okay, if uh, 20% of the loan is over $1.1 million of debt, um, uh, then then... of the interest is non-deductible. And they were serious as a heart attack on this thing. Now, you'd get letters from the IRS. Hey, it looks like you're deducting too much interest. Show us your calculation. Well, thankfully, I was always a good boy and tried to do it and uh, have that add that information. And the agents would say, oh, thank you. We're so glad you did it right. Oh, this is terrible. We're trying to get this worked out with people who never even knew about the rule or did it wrong. Thank you so much, Mr. Go. Oh, you're welcome. And now, can we go now? Can we get out of this audit? Right. <laughs> and uh, so you see the complexity mounting. Now in 2017, the Congress uh, decided that 1.1 million was uh, too much. Now it's like 750,000, right? Now, those of you in West Virginia, if there's any of you out there, you're laughing. You're just laughing wildly, right? Uh, 1.1 million, I could buy the whole town. What are you talking about? One point, you know, who has 1.1 million of mortgage interest? If you watch HGTV, right? They're always in, in uh, parts of Texas. You buy a beautiful house for $250,000, gated community, and they remodel the whole house, you know, for $250,000. Well, here in California, 1.1 million is not that impressive. And 750,000 is not the best part of town. Okay. So if you didn't make a big down payment, you're talking about seriously having to consider whether the interest on your home mortgage is subject to a limitation here in beautiful Fremont, California. It is a serious problem. So, uh, so yes, so I went through all those. So, so, um, uh, but, and also you can have two homes, right? Counting towards that 1.1 million. You can have your personal residence and you can have a second home. 
you can't have three homes. The third home, you don't get, it doesn't even apply to the 1.1 million. So you can go into the IRS publication and they have a flow chart of 15 steps and three graphs and charts. And my point in all this in my little podcast is to say, this is the way the world is. It used to be I could deduct all my interest. I could deduct all my interest. I didn't have to have a heart attack and three MBAs to do the math and the calculations. I just could deduct all my interest, right? And, and there's a Wall Street Journal article that comes out every two or three years that says, you know, the Congress monkeys around with all these rules. This is more deductible. This is less deductible. This is more complex. And it seems over time, one way or the other, the effective rate, the amount of money the government collects on your total income is always about the same. So all you're doing is adding complexity. It's an, it's an unelegant, inefficient system to get to the same place, and that same place is still only about 70% of the money the government needs to run, and now with this virus, it's just a complete blowout, and the, the debt's going to be something like $5 trillion this year, and who the heck knows what we're talking about. So I wanted to go and give you that example of why I am no fan of the tax system. Just make it simple and elegant and straightforward so that everybody can do their taxes in about 10 minutes. On the PPP loans, uh, last week, the Small Business Administration came out uh, with a report, nice, glossy uh, PowerPoint presentation. We'll put that in the show notes. And it shows how they're doing, pushing out these PPP loans, even uh, in the face of the various things we've been, uh, we've been talking about. Uh, uh, and, okay. and in California, as of April 16th, they have placed 112,967 loans for, I won't bore you, $33 billion. So it is happening, but again, it's it's uh, drinking from a fire hose or pushing uh, you know a a Ford Bronco through a straw, right? I mean, there's just a huge amount going on. And you, if you are interested, and um, people have been complaining with some some righteous reasons, but there is a tremendous never never before seen in the history of my career. These are forgivable loans. You don't have to provide a personal guarantee as long as you spend the money. Very important. You have to spend the money on salaries, wages, uh, interest, utilities, mortgage payments, including the interest. The, uh, the banks are charging interest, but the interest gets added to the for- forgivable portion of the loan. So it is pretty much free money, but you have to follow all the rules, spend the money on the right things. And uh, it, it is happening. It is happening. Not fast enough. But I, I say that um, with some respect to the Treasury. Never, never have they been able to uh, pull off anything, just the administrative burden. And, and remember, uh, and I, I uh, you know, I, I joke about the Internal Revenue Service and the Treasury Department. Well, they're human beings just like us. They have their problems. There's, in the IRS, there's about 135,000 employees they have their virus-related issues with their families and their kids, and their schools are closed, and you know all these things. And somehow, 80, 80, uh, 80 million payments got uh, made under the economic uh, impact payments, and uh, thirty-three billion dollars got sent out in the last week or two under these PPP loans. So God bless them. Uh, uh, thank you. 
Uh, should have been easier, should have been more straightforward, uh, but please just keep going again because every day I have phone calls and talking to people who are laying off people because they can't get these darn loans uh, uh, taken care of. Another important thing, which I'll make my last thing for today, is that here in the beautiful state of California uh, with our governor, Gavin Newsom, he put out a notice saying uh, uh, that as part of the CARES Act, uh, the federal government funded unemployment compensation for self-employed people. Never saw that before. So usually when you're a partner in a partnership like I am, or you're self-employed, uh, you're in the gig economy, you're an Uber guy, and uh, you know there, there's issues about whether an employee or not. I, I won't even get into that. That's a whole podcast on itself. But if you're not an employee because you're not getting a W-2, you're not getting a pay stub, you file your own Schedule C, or you're a partner in a partnership, or uh, uh, you, know, uh, you can be an employee of your own S-Corp. Don't want to go into that, all, all that thing. Um, you and... Uh, um, you're not an owner. This is where usually, I mean, you're owner of your own self-employed business. And uh, of course, uh, in a lot of cases, your revenue is now zero. Nobody's buying anything you're selling. The service you're providing is not in demand because people are uh, shut down for their trying to survive. Their business is trying to survive and whatever you were providing while it was obviously righteous and noble and, and of great value. It's not great value right now. So they said, please go home. Uh, thank you, and we'll call you sometime. You can go down to the Employment Development Department here in California, if you're in California, uh, and make an unemployment claim. Never was possible before. You had no account because you were not a legal employee, and your employer was not paying in funds to fund your unemployment insurance. So if you were uh, let's say a one man CPA, self-employed, my own business. And I went down, they'd, they'd giggle and say, well, you know, the rules, Mr. Cohen, why are you here? Um, you chose to be self-employed and you have no current account for the last, for me, I don't know, 12, 15 years, um, since I was on a payroll anywhere and I'm sorry, I uh, hope it works out for you. Well, that's not the case. Now you get the standard, uh, unemployment payments, uh, that anybody else would in California because uh, the government governor approved it. And there's some incremental $600 a week that the federal government pushed through from the CARES Act, and it's there for you. So I have had a few conversations with people who uh, uh, were, were properly uh, informed about this over their whole career. They say, yeah, I don't get unemployment insurance, and I got to play the role of Santa Claus to say, congratulations, you do. Uh, and, 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 and that is also, I hear true in many, many, many other States because the cares act funding was nationwide. So they, what they said in Washington, I remember watching C-SPAN because that's the kind of guy I am uh, late at night. They say, see, we're going to just piggyback off all the unemployment compensation organizations in all the States. We're not going to try to create one ourselves. This being the federal government, we'll just shove money at them and say, please cover employees who would otherwise be um, making claims for unemployment insurance. Here's an extra $600 a week. And add a new class, self-employed people, people who uh, you know just get 1099s from people, uh, from organizations they work for. So that's great. If uh, And you may not know it, and it may apply to you. So uh, I hope the, the word continues to get out. Okay, so again, here we are on April 20th. 
that is what I had to say for today. Again, uh, don't rely on anything you hear in this podcast without having a tax professional thoroughly look at the facts, the situation, do their research. You're comfortable with them and you're all in agreement before using anything uh, regarding tax planning in a transaction or putting a number on a tax return and filing it. All right. Hope you all stay well. Hope this virus thing dies down as soon as possible and we get back to some level of normalcy. Feel free free to call our office at 510-797-8661 at any time regarding tax returns, tax planning, strategy. We have another number of other services. You can look at our website at www.groco.com. Thank you very much. Bye-bye now.